Come, sit by the fire. Listen to my tales as the shadows dance and weave, and I weep stories of adventure, wonder, and woe. These tales could be short glimpses into lives of unlikely heroes, or epic yarns that span many sessions. Regardless, the nights can be long and dark, but you are always welcome to join me in the light of the flames and listen. Welcome to Stories by the Fire. After her narrow escape from the storm-drenched ravine, Erin scarcely has time to survey her surroundings when she is confronted by a dangerous figure from her dark past. Join us as Erin confronts the worst parts of her history, excavated from the depths of the leaves and shadows. Leaves and Shadows, Chapter 17, Accusations Aaron was locked in place by the clutches of Darren's gaze. Unable to move, unable to speak, unable to take in her environment, all she could do was stare at his pallid face. She was so transfixed that she failed to notice that Darren himself was yet another reflection in the glass. All she could see were his dark eyes, that angry smirk. I can't believe I ever loved you. How stupid was I, huh? I actually believe that you loved me too. Now look at you. He sneered as he waved at the water dripping at her feet and her muddy, tangled hair. You used me like a security blanket. And then you jumped in the sack with the very next guy to come along. Look at what it got you. A soulless shell of a child. And another doomed to die up during birth? <laughs> he shook his head as his vision burned into her. You're pathetic. Your children are pathetic. Your whole life would be a joke if you weren't so busy injuring everyone you supposedly loved at every turn. <laughs> I guess I'm pathetic too. You know why? Because I was actually naive enough to waste five years on you. What did it get me? Huh? Pain? Heartache? Addiction? That was my toll for loving you. I want those years back! Can you give me those years back? Huh? Can you? He slammed his fist against the mirror. It rattled violently in place on the wall. Aaron jumped back. She looked at the space around him for the first time, just realizing that he was held in his own prison, feeling the lost teenager in her resurfacing. Aaron bit back her trembling lip as she stared. Oh, here we go, he shouted as he threw his arms into the air. You're going to start your number one defense, crying. He mockingly rubbed his eyes. Boo-hoo, you should feel sorry for me. Can't you see how pathetic I am? He ripped his hands away from his face and slapped them against the glass. No, it's not going to work this time, sweetheart. You left me a shell of a man. You might not be able to get those years back, but at least you're going to pay. <laughs> he gave her a sinister smile. Oh, how you're going to pay. He leaned up against the glass. Do you know what the best part is? Aaron silently shook her head. Give up? The best part is that I get to watch it all go down. I get to be here and watch them break you. And when they're done, I get to be there to dance in the ashes of your despair. Get away from me, 
she whispered hoarsely. Oh, that's rich, he told her snidely. Where do you think I'm going to go? He held out his arms for the first time. She looked past him at his environment. It was a place once upon a time she was so intimately familiar with. But like the rest of the world, it was distinctly distorted in a black shadow that sucked out all the light and joy. It was his old bedroom, but it was in a streamed state of disrepair. The lights were dimmed, the bed linens were tattered, the paint in the walls was peeling, and every surface was littered with trash, empty beer cans, and drug paraphernalia. This is where I'm going to spend eternity! He screamed at her. You're... You're... D dead? She gasped. Oh, let me see. He ticked off points on his fingers as he listed them out. I didn't have a job, a college education, or any vocational training beyond asking if you want fries with that. Top that concoction off with a severe addiction to a plethora of drugs and alcohol added to severe bouts of depression? Yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the final answer to that equation. You killed yourself? No, he said darkly. I just finished the job you started. Oh, Darren. I'm so sorry. I never meant for... I don't want your apologies. I want retribution, and I want it now! He slammed his fist into the mirror. His thunderous pounding echoed in the room and reverberated in Aaron's ears. She backed away from the wrath of his words and the blows of his fist and looked around for any way to escape. She was in a hexagon-shaped room. Darren's mirror made up an entire side. The second mirror to her left contained the reflection of the curbside. The red eyes remained fixed from their place in the shadows. Aaron cringed as her gaze touched the unblinking stare of her dead self. She tore her eyes away. The remaining walls were bare, save one that bore a dark doorway. She rushed to it and suddenly heard the sound of the storm around her. Oh no! She realized too late that she was so focused on getting away. For a moment, she thought she walked through the reflection to, of the curb by mistake. She whirled around, expecting the zombie's version of herself to lash out. But she wasn't standing by the curb or in the rain. She was standing in front of yet another mirror. She glanced behind her and saw that she had not passed through another mirror, but through an open doorway. Beyond the door's threshold was a dark room that she could only see a few feet into. She could no longer see nor hear Darren pounding on his panel of glass. The sound of the storm drew her attention to the scene ahead of her. Thunder and lightning crashed as the rain fell in droves in the mirror directly in front of her. In the storming frame, were just under a hundred people garbed in black funeral attire. They stood around, heedless of the pouring rain, with their heads uncovered by umbrellas or hats. Amongst them, she could see her father. Like that horrible day in her past, her father was sobbing with awful abandon. His words of grief had become almost infantile in their articulations. Unlike that day, none of the supporters tried to comfort him in the least. They did not embrace him, or hold an umbrella over his head. His tears of mourning mixed with a torrent of rain. He was the only one grieving. All the rest of the attendees of her mother's funeral watched Aaron with an accusatory stare. The only person who did not look at her was the preacher 
who stood at the head of the coffin. She only vaguely remembered him from that day, but as he stood before her, Aaron's memory filled the gaps of that time. The preacher was a large, older man whose robes were plastered to his form by the rain. The preacher held out his arms, palms up. His voice rang out over the din of the pounding rain. Oh Lord, we know not why you have forsaken your daughter, Masha. Your will is mighty and unrelenting. We are but mere insects in the hurricane force of your whims. We loathsome bugs must implore why you saw fit to snuff out the life of your loyal servant, Marsha Counter, only to allow that ungrateful life of her abhorrent daughter to continue to exist in her sinful, unrepentant life. We humbly beg your forgiveness for our ignorant questioning of your almighty authority. Thank you, O oh Lord, for allowing us mega beings the opportunity to witness your grand design. For we see now that you intended all along for this unrepentant daughter and her unholy spawns to suffer for all her past transgressions. Vengeance is yours, O oh Lord. We now see that the fruition of your designs is glorious. Like King David in your great and holy book, who lost his misbegotten child from the union of his adulterous mistress, she too will soon know loss. Masha Counter, just as David's loyal soldiers suffered an untimely death by those he only sought to protect and love, you will witness our holy lord's vengeance. Aaron will now know the suffering that she has produced, and she will feel your mighty retribution. Her firstborn, already corrupt from his upbringing, will lose his mind first, and then his body shall follow. Aaron will know the pain before death takes her into its cold, unmerciful grip. For deliverance of this evil, we are grateful to you, O oh Lord! Amen! The congregation all said in perfect unison, Amen! Her father's head came up to glare at her as he too uttered, Amen! with the crowd. His head dropped back down into his uncomprehensible sobbing. For a moment, for a moment, Aaron thought she had seen the image of her younger self in the background. The preacher was not done addressing her. Aaron stared back at him, trying to rack her fevered mind for his name. He began to walk forward, his expression locked into a dark sneer. That was when his name slammed home. Father Mackleby. Father Roy Mackleby. Have you not done enough, Harlot? Or have you come here to gloat at your handiwork? You destroyed your family from within. He waved his arms. He waved his arms at the scene of the past. You are doing it again now. You left your mother to die and go to hell in your stead? And that abomination. He stabbed a finger at her abdomen as he snarled. 
That is God's punishment for your sins. Your family will forever be destroyed by your petulant hand. Stop it. Aaron croaked as she backed away, shaking her head. She turned. She was still in a hexagon-shaped room. Father Mackelby and his congregation held one mirror on one side. To her surprise, the curb with the red eyes remained in its fixed point. On the wall, it was in the other room. The red eyes still stared. The only wall that remained was the door she had come from. Having no other option of escape, she walked through the darkened doorway. As she passed through, she found four of the walls were occupied by mirrors. As before, the red-eyed monster remained in its fixed spot. In each of the remaining mirrors was a twisted reflection of herself, staring at her with a leer. The far-left mirror sneered. What's the matter, Aaron? Did you hear something you didn't like? The middle one retorted. I guess the truth hurts, doesn't it, babe? The third one chimed in. You keep running to all the people whose lives you ruin. Your involvement in their lives is like a festering disease, the left one remarked. You'd even call it a cancer, said the middle one. Say, didn't her mother die of cancer? Added the right. That couldn't have been some sort of coincidence, could it? No, it couldn't have. Let's see. If we add the common denominator between our mama, daddy, and good old Darren. Oh yes, we can't forget Darren. Whatever happened to him? Oh, that's right. He killed himself because of you, Aaron. How does it feel to have two deaths on your hands, sweetie? Oh wait, we forgot three deaths. The three reflections held up their own Evan, still invisible in his muddy clothes. They each waved the limp rags at her cruelly. No. She whispered as she backed away. From the threshold of the door, she could hear one of them cackle. Now, sweetie, who do you think the real monster is? Yes. We might be scary, but we haven't killed anyone. Yet. She fled through the door's threshold. She knew something dark was coming, but she hoped that whatever it was... It might be more bearable than listening to her own voice say such horrible things. The instant she passed through the archway, a familiar voice shouted at her. From the mirror Father Mackelby had occupied only moments ago was her younger father glaring at her, or the body of her recently deceased mother. You are getting exactly what you deserve. Now you see what it feels like to lose someone you love. Good. Those brats are no grandbabies of mine. You can all go to hell. I don't want to see you ever again. But, Daddy, you love Evan. You love me, she implored weakly. She backed away from him and his twisted words. She briefly wondered how long this madness would continue. How long would she keep retreating from room to room with all of her worst fears and memories free to attack her with demonic life? Her unspoken question was answered with a thump. She backed into a cold wall that had not been there moments ago. She spun around and a scream tore from her lips. At the stormy funeral grounds, Father Mackelby stood only inches from the glass. Behind him, the crowd of funeral goers stared at her with silent contempt. The priest's eyes were wild above his lips that were pulled back in a toothy snarl. What's the matter, Aaron? 
Does the word of God burn your cursed ears? It should. For your heart is black and irredeemable. The music of God's light should sear your twisted soul with every syllable. You brought this on yourself. This is your punishment, shouted her father from the frame behind her. He and Father Mackelby weren't the only spectators. All the walls of the Hetzgon room were now occupied. Two of her own twisted reflections appeared on opposing walls, shouting, cackling, and taunting her. Darren slammed his fist in the mirror. Well, great! Looks like we're reunited again! He smirked at the other mirrors. I guess I'm not the only one you disappointed. Darren appeared on the wall opposite the reigning curb. Aaron screamed as red eyes and the reflections shifted and the zombie version of herself shambled out of the shadows, up to the glass. The rain continued to pour down on her twisted features. Lightning cracked in the frame, and the zombie reached for her, its skeletal fingers scraping against the glass. You are going to die along with your son, and no one's going to find you. One of Aaron's reflections shouted, You are worthless as a daughter and a wife! And a mother! One shrieked. She looked around the room frantically. There was no exit anywhere to be found. All sides of the room were occupied by these hate-filled mirrors. She stared in horror as another of her reflections began to rip off the clothes of the invisible Evan in a horrendous manner, stripping the unseen child down to his Scooby-Doo underoos. The underwear hung suspended in the air with the mass of the child giving it a perverted form. With an expression of dark adulation, the reflection ripped them off of the invisible child in the mirror. She held out her hands and gave an amused shrug. He's gone for good now. Aaron's lip trembled at the sight, and her knees felt weak. Behind her, she heard the priest's interjection. You will smolder in a fiery lake, her dad's voice carried over. You never deserved your mother's love. You never deserved anyone's love, Darren raged. Her distorted reflections added their voices to the rabble. Going to die? Worthless? He is already lost. Pathetic piece of... Your mother! Heads of damnation! Their voices hammered against her, each phrase assaulting her very being. Her eyes burned as they flooded over, and her knees faltered. She fell forward, clutching Evan with one arm, her other arm braced against the floor, as she openly fought her desire to sob. She instinctively knew that once she started to cry, she would not stop, nor would their words ever relent. They would continue their hateful blather with vicious fervor. She would be unable to hold back their words. If she clasped her hands over her ears, she would have to release Evan. She couldn't do that, she had fought too hard to save him, only to let him go now. As a consequence of her courageous choice, they would continue to work on her mind until their words drove her into an oblivion of insanity. God's redemption is... Worthless! I hate you! Lost forever! Hate! Dead! Vanquished! Undeserving! An eternity of sorrow. One of the doppelgangers made a great show of shaking the invisible Evan harshly. It grinned at her with mad glee, then threw him up roughly into the air. The reflection then looked at her pointedly. 
and ignored his fall to the floor. Aaron reached out instinctively, her fingertips scratching the glass, as the invisible child struck the floor with a heavy thud. The reflection cackled at the fact that the invisible Evan didn't make a sound. Aaron unsuccessfully tried to bite back a sob. With burning, tearful eyes, she looked between Evan in her arms and the reflection on the floor. Evan remained unfazed in his limp state. The offending reflection cackled at her response. The doppelganger then knelt down and slapped the body on the floor. A fire ignited in her heart. Aaron glared at the reflection. How dare you? She looked around at all the mirrors. How dare all of you? These abominations weren't just threatening her. They were also threatening her children. And that made her angry. She spoke out loud. At first, her words came out in a hoarse whisper. Stop it. Something about uttering this phrase gave her strength. The fire within her glowed even hotter. Next to her, Evan somehow felt an ember of strength burn within her, and his body tensed a minuscule amount. It was the first positive movement he had made since she reunited with him in this evil place. Father McElby, her father, Darren, and the multitude of dark cells continued their verbal assaults. They did not hear her soft voice. She looked up, her eyes defiant, as she looked at them all in turn. She said clearly and concisely, Stop it! They all did. Everyone looked at her as if she reached up through the glass and struck each of them. Something about the quiet conviction of her words was felt by them all. The shocked silence remained momentarily as he stared at her with stunned faces. It was Father Malkelby who broke the silence first, just an instant before the others. You will not deny the word of God! I will not be disrespected, her father shouted. Darren's eyes narrowed. You really think you're something, don't you? Several of her reflections actually cackled at her. It sounded forced to her ears. One said, Oh, you're trying to act all brave now? You and your brat are gonna die, shouted another. Stop it! Aaron demanded. They ceased at once as all their mirrors trembled audibly. Everyone stared uncertainly out at their glass housing. One of her reflections broke the second silence. This time, as she smirked at her with false bravado. We're not going anywhere. Soon, you will join us. They were all nodding in agreement. Aaron finally saw them for what they were, or rather what they needed from her. They needed to feed off of her fear to maintain their own existence. She gave the reflection that spoke to her a cold, satisfied smile that did not touch her eyes. The mirror's eyes grew wide with a sudden sense of terror. Stop it! She bellowed fiercely. The mirrors rattled violently in their frames. <laughs> the glass snapped loudly as several cracks splintered across their surfaces. You are doing Satan's work! You're going to destroy me like your mother? Aaron, baby, 
Don't, don't do this. Don't do this to me again. No. No. Please, no. She took a deep breath and screamed for all she was worth. Stop it! The mirrors shattered, leaving Aaron and Evan alone in the dark. As the dark voices from the past echoed in her ears, Aaron held her son in the darkness. Encircled by shards of broken mirrors, she fortifies her heart and mind for the next challenge. Little does she know that she's now about to face the heart of all her latest fears. A terror that dwells deep within the realm of leaves and shadows. Thank you for listening to my story by the fire. I hope my tale stirred the flames in your heart in some sincere way. If you enjoyed this story, perhaps you might like other tales created by me, Christopher Chansey. My other podcast, Theater of Heels, is a superhero adventure following fangirl hero wannabe, Erica Belfry, who found the world behind the mask was not what it seems. I also have the epic fantasy podcast titled The Skies Embrace which follows the crew of the skyship, the Maiden's Arrow, as they navigate the perils of the clouds. All these tales and more are available on my website at ChristopherChancy.com and my YouTube channel. If you'd like to support my work, please consider joining my Patreon family at Patreon.com slash ChristopherChancy. There you can get exclusive insights and sneak peeks into my work, projects, artwork, and novels, as well as get access to exclusive merch. As always, thank you for stopping by and listening. May the light of the flames always bring you warmth. Good night. <laughs>